Today is the seventh day of our September-October seven-day session. Uh, it's the 5th of October 2019. <coughs> and this morning we're going to take up a story from The Hidden Lamp, Stories from 25 Centuries of Awakened Women, edited by Florence Kaplow and Susan Moon. And this story is called um, Zi Yong's Ship of Compassion. This is how it goes. A scholar travelled a long distance to meet with Master Ziyong Chingru. He entered the hall, and he and Ziyong looked at each other. Then the scholar said, I've come to visit this ship of compassion, but who would have guessed that the ship of compassion would turn out to be nothing but an old crone? Ziyong gave an earth-shaking roar. What is this place? Tell me, is it male or is it female? When the scholar couldn't reply, she said to him, Come closer and I'll tell you. When the scholar was right in front of her, she grabbed him and said, From the day you left Spirit Mountain, there has been no place to seek. From this day on, mother and son are reunited. The scholar said, I trust you completely, and bowing to Ziyong, requested ordination from her. So we'll start with just a little bit of information about this um, Ziyong. Um, She was born in uh, 1645, so about, <clears throat> just to sort of fix this in space, about uh, 40 years before Hakuan. And um, it, it was a time in China of a, a revival of the Linji school, and she was part of that. It was also a time of uh, a lot of change in China generally. Um, it was the end of the Ming dynasty and the beginning of the Qing, which was the um, the Manchus uh, ruling over China. Only the second time in the whole history, the long history of China, that a um, non-Han group uh, was in charge of China. Ziyong was uh, a nun, an abbess, and a lineage holder in the Linji tradition, Rinzai. She trained on Mount Wutai. This is one of the four um, pilgrimage mountains of China. Um, in the, it's in the northeast and consists of... Um, Wutai means five peaks, so five mountains, and this is particularly associated with um, Bodhisattva Manjushri, who it is said if you are, um, approach 
Wutaishan in the right spirit, you're likely to uh, meet Manjushri. Her uh, teacher's name was Gulu Fan, and she trained under him on Mount Wutai. Um, and eventually she was um, became one of his Dharma successors. She spent a lot of her life on pilgrimage, and um, it would have been it would have been mostly travelling probably on 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 ship or on uh, foot or by boat across China's many rivers, but it would would have been ar- fairly arduous. We Taishan um, is is quite a trip to get there is quite a trip even now. She was given an honorary title by the emperor, um, which which comes into our story. We'll, we'll look at that a little bit later. Um, and she she was the abbess of um, several convents, one in Beijing, uh, and in Zhuo Zhuo, and in the in the Wu Mountains. It's unusually there is there is. A, a record of her discourses, um, but unfortunately most of it hasn't been translated yet. Um, we have some translations from it um, in a book by Beata Grant called Eminent Nuns, and they're, they're quite tantalizing. It would be wonderful to have more, but they do give um, a little bit of a sense of of her um she wrote she wrote poetry and this one this first one is um something she wrote on her 49th birthday how many glorious seasons have passed 40 and 9 years of springtimes although in this world i have no companion If I ask my mind, I find it it is my own intimate. And how how many of us can say that about our minds, that that our mind is our true friend? The smell of incense disperses the early dawn. The closed shutters keep away the dusty world. From today, having woken from a foolish dream, I am the just-as-it-is idler, person of the way. You get from this this, this verse a sense of her her at-homeness in the world. She calls herself a just-as-it-is idler, a person of the way. There's a, there's a Taoist expression, um, doing nothing and leaving nothing undone. Leaving things in some sense 
up to the Tao. Another one, another verse from her time uh, traveling and pilgrimage. I still think about carrying my travel bundle in those days gone by, traveling the hills, frolicking in the waters, coming out in cloud country, eyes open and eyebrows raised in astonishment. Everything is samadhi. And in this great earth, there is nowhere that is not a wisdom hall. She says, everything is samadhi. You can see the, the, there's no inside or outside anymore for her. This, this false barrier has dissolved. She's just wide open to the tashos of the grass and the rocks and the clouds. And then uh, finally, just a little bit of her teaching. And this was um, this passage we have uh, comes from a talk she gave when she was invited to uh, ascend the Dharma seat um, at a, a distant um, monastery. The Dharma does not rise up all alone. It cannot emerge without reliance on the environment, and it is neither distant nor far. I've come from a distance of 3,000 li to the mountains of my ancestors and have humbly accepted the request of the abbot to ascend the platform and speak of the principles of the lineage. If I dare to take up this challenge, I must surely turn and borrow the light and dark form and emptiness of the mountains and hills and the great earth, the call of the magpies and the cries of the crows. The water flows and flowers blossom, blossom brilliantly preaching without ceasing. This passage is is particularly poignant for us, given um, the the human caused era that of of uh, mass extinction that we are in now. To our story.
A scholar traveled a long distance to meet with Master Ziyong Chengru. The fact that this um, scholar had traveled a long distance suggests to us that um, he was motivated. He was seeking something. The the uh, the distance distance tends to weed out the, the casual folks. He entered the hall and he and Ziyong looked at each other. It's um, unfolding as a classical uh, Dharma encounter, um, similar to those found in the in the ancient texts. Which at this point, um, the the Tang Dynasty is is a good thousand years from this this time. Could possibly have been in public in the. It's likely that in the big monasteries, these these exchanges would be um, unfolding before the the whole assembly. But we we don't know. He and Ziyong looked at each other. Think here of of um, what the the nuns at, at my primary school used to say: the eyes are the windows of the soul. Then the scholar said, "I've come to visit this ship of compassion, but who would have guessed that the ship of compassion would turn out to be nothing but an old crone?" This uh, ship of compassion is is part of the the title that uh, Ziyong received from the emperor, the Manchu emperor. Ship of compassion and universal salvation. The 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 imagery here um, could possibly be a reference to Canon. Uh, uh, who's among whom many um, depictions, uh, some of them involve uh, a boat, like a boat that carries carries people across to the to the other shore. So a, a boat of salvation, you could say. And she's also associated with the sea because of her how she came to awakening, hearing the sounds of waves in a cave that. Um, Is, there, there is a cave which is said to be the one where she heard these waves um, in s- southern China, um, an island called Putoshan. So you can actually go and visit this cave. So this, this um, statement here about... Uh, 
Oh, you're just nothing but an old crone. Why so rude? It's it's a little bit like um, thing that's said in in one of the koans in the in the Hikigamroku Joshua Stone Bridge, um, where somebody comes to visit uh, Joshua Jaojo and says. For a long time I have heard of the widely renowned stone bridge of Joshu, but now I have come here, I just see a simple log bridge. And this this bridge um, is was in the town where Joshu lived, from which he took his name. And uh, it was a, one of the wonders of the world, really. It's, it's still... Um, it's still marveled at is this is called a curved bridge that was um, constructed um, very ancient times and um, is designated one of the um, the in like fifteenth engineering marvel of the world. There's a sign put there um, by some organisation, but this this traveller um, clearly is 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 using this. This uh, device of the bridge to to um, goad Joshua to ne- to needle him, and it's the same here with with um, this scholar, and probably he was would be quite well read and could possibly be modelling his his opening remark on stuff that we find in the in the records you could also you could also connect it to um, the, f- the fifth ancestor um, calling Wei Nung a southern barbarian and and saying um, he couldn't possibly um, become enlightened no southern barbarian could could do this and and of course Wei Nung giving a um, dignified but perhaps quite sharp retort, he said in response, although men can be classified into southerners and northerners, the Buddha nature knows of no north or south. The body of a barbarian may be different from the body of a monk, but what difference can there be from the standpoint of Buddha nature? So he's he's standing up to um, Hong Ren's um, apparent uh, prejudice, and uh, Hong Ren at this point uh, sends him off to to thresh rice. But um, these examples point out that that um, the, sco- the scholars' words. Um, are a kind of testing question. He's he's um, wanting to, to discern where Zhong um, Yi is coming from. Ziyong, rather.
His words are designed to provoke. And the commentator in in um, in Lamp says he is fierce in his desire to find out what is trustworthy, what will not be swayed or taken in by his foolishness, what will stand up to his challenge, what is worthy of veneration in a teacher and in himself. So pretty pretty good way uh, of testing um, most people is to um, either insult or flatter them. So here we have this this mild insult um, of oh you you're not no great ship of compassion you're just an old crone. Old crones actually play quite a an important role in in Zen stories. Um, for example, the um, the one who appears in the story of Toksan. Toksan's coming with all his um, commentaries on the Diamond Sutra down to um, kind of set the Zen, Zen school right for their for their teachings, and on his way, in his way to um, sort of fulfil his mission, he stops at this roadside stall and um, asks for tea, and the old tea lady there at the stall, sees his pack on his back and says, Oh, what have you got in your pack, venerable sir? And uh, and Toksan says, These are all my commentaries on the Diamond Sutra. And then this, the old lady says, Oh, doesn't it say in the Diamond Sutra that past mind is ungraspable? future mind is ungraspable, and present mind is ungraspable? Pray, venerable sir, what mind do you intend to refresh at my stall? And we're told that the um, he wasn't able to answer her question. And, and incidentally, the cakes she sold along with the tea were called mind refreshers. So they, they, old ladies sort of fall into the, often into the, into the role, uh, when they do appear, which is not that often, of a kind of, a, a person of low status or no status who then disgraces, disgraces the monk and shows, shows up his, his ignorance one way or another. So, um, immediately in this story, we're kind of, flagged um, that uh, appearances may be deceiving. Zi Yong gave an earth-shaking roar and then said, What is this place? Tell me, is it male or is it female?
Turns out the old, old crone still has her teeth and her claws. She shoots these questions at him. Is that male or female? The scholar couldn't reply. Again and again, we need ourselves to, to learn not to judge people by appearances, to see beyond the surface. See beyond male and female, person of high status, person of low status. We, we want to lock things down with our, our definitions, our, our prejudices. We see, we see a skin color or an ethnicity. We, we, um, see a sexual orientation or a gender and we think we know what that is. And in, in clinging to our um, knowledge, our ideas, our opinions, we shut down encounter. We shut down dialogue. We don't meet eye to eye. In some way, we, we actually don't see the one that we deem to be other. They, they become to some degree invisible. In a sense, it was encouraging that the scholar could not reply to these questions. That he was struck dumb. Then she says, she says, come closer and I'll tell you. <laughs> Beware the Rinzai person who says, come closer and I'll tell you. But he does, he does approach her. And then she grabs him and says, from the day you left Spirit Mountain, there has been no place to seek. From this day on, mother and son are reunited. Now, probably if this had been a, a male Rinzai master, um, he would have rained down blows on, on the scholar. But something slightly different happens here. When the scholar was right in front of her, she grabbed him. She held him probably looked into his eyes. Possibly she even embraced him. From this day, from the day you left Spirit Mountain, there has been no place to seek. From this day on, mother and son are reunited. 
Spirit Mountain is presumably the place that the name of the place that he came from, to, to made his made his journey from. Um, his distant home, but this name is 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 resonant like like ship of compassion. It, it it reverberates. Do we ever leave Spirit Mountain? It come with us wherever we go. And to be to be held. This can be as as uh, as profound an experience as being being uh, struck. Power, the power of an embrace, if it's genuine, we can it can model for us how to embrace, how to embrace every every aspect of our lives, including our struggles and and our, the shadow work we have to do, and our, and our Parent limitations. Think of what Suzuki Roshi said. He said, um, "Everyone's perfect, and there's always room for improvement." To to really embrace. Those, those bits of ourselves that we'd really like to keep at arm's length. A scholar in response says, I trust you completely, and bows and requests ordination from Ziyong. He's responding to her statement about mother and son being reunited. There's this teaching in in Tibetan Buddhism, that um, every single person we meet has been our mother in a previous life, and and we have also been the mother of every single being we meet, both ways.
It's a very powerful teaching. You think of all the lives that have that have encountered each other over our um, I think about four billion year history for Earth. All the all the um, generations upon generations upon generations of of sentient beings from amoebas through to all the humans and animals that there are here now. No one an alien, everyone family. Out of this embrace, the scholar now says, I trust you completely. In New Zealand, we recently had a, an example of uh, the power of an embrace. Um, after the um, 15th of March mosque attacks in Christchurch, our Prime Minister, Jacinda Ardern, very quickly travelled um, down to Christchurch to meet with um, survivors of the attacks and the families of the victims. And uh, people were moved by the, 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 the openness with which she grieved with, with people and um, embraced people, literally. There's a, a photograph went um, around the world of her uh, hugging a girl um, and she was wearing, Jacinda Ardern was wearing a hijab, a veil. And uh, this, this image uh, moved people, especially in the Muslim world. Um, and it was, it was eventually projected, the, this image, onto a skyscraper in Dubai. I think it's the tallest building in the world, um, the Burj Khalifa, um, to, to kind of honor Jacinda Ardern for her response to the mosque attacks. It had the word peace above the image in both Arabic and English. And the, the Prime Minister of Dubai um, sent out a message along with when this, this um, projection went up saying, thank you for your sincere empathy and support that has won the respect of 1.5 million Muslims. I think a big part of it, what, what made it particularly poignant was that she was wearing the veil. Um, and the message that this sent of, of respect and of meeting the victims on their own terms. And the veil often is a, um, a conduit for mistreatment. Women 
uh, hear from Muslim women in New Zealand that because they're recognisable, because they're wearing the veil, they tend to, to um, get uh, abuse when they go about their business, catching buses or walking along the street. And so for, for the Prime Minister to wear the veil was, was a statement of identity. Another thing she said at the time was, you are us. And, and not only um, words, but actions. She was very quick to put in train tighter gun laws and, and uh, went to the big social media companies to try and get them to shut down um, white supremacist and racist extremist material, Facebook and other places. So her empathy was backed up by action. But probably the most extraordinary thing about what she did, at least in New Zealand, was that um, she sensitized the whole nation to what had happened. It was this beautiful example of really true leadership, because it could have been that people just got caught up in the fear and, and numbness and just went about their business, kind of not really taking in what had happened. But because of her response, her modeling of empathy, the whole country became sensitized. And there was the, the, the response was, was something I've never experienced in New Zealand in my life. Um, every single mosque in the country was flooded with flowers and messages and cards and uh, artwork done by kids in primary schools and um, toys and gifts. People flooded to the mosques on, on the first Friday and second Friday after the attacks um, to participate in, uh, in prayers at the mosques and to, to um, embrace, literally, um, the people they met there. And this is in a in a country of of, uh, of very undemonstrative people, <laughs> reticent people. Of course, the test of all of this is how much how much it lasts, because these these think people can be get caught up in emotion and then go back to business as usual. But but still, the sense of 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 aroha of um, people genuinely wanting to learn more about uh, Muslims in New Zealand and the Muslims feeling like they were being seen and heard and 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 the, the, all of this we can it can be really traced back to um, Jacinda Ardern embracing the victims sincerely openly, seeing beyond appearances, seeing the, the basic humanity of the, of the so-called other.
in our Zen practice, we're called upon to embrace it all. Whatever is in front of us right now is our one precious life. It's all right here. From the, from the very beginning, there has been no place to seek. We'll stop here and recite the four vows. All beings without number, I vow to liberate endless blind passions. I vow to uproot Dharma gates beyond measure. I vow to penetrate the great way of Buddha. I vow to attain all beings without number, I vow to liberate endless blind passions, I vow to uproot Dharma gates beyond measure, I vow to penetrate the great way of Buddha, I vow to attain all beings without number, I vow to liberate endless blind passions, I vow to uproot Dharma gates beyond measure, I vow to the great way of Buddha, I vow to attend.